You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. Hey, this is Tony Lopes of the Self-Made Strategies podcast. If you're a fan of the show, make sure you check out our YouTube channel so that you can now watch the recordings of our episodes. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Our guest on this episode is a passionate chiropractor and health coach. He emphasizes a healthy lifestyle and nutrient-dense diet as a means to achieve optimal well-being, which we all know is critically important right now with everything that's going on with COVID-19. Dr. Haley owns and operates Stockton Aloe One, the makers and distributors of a 100% pure raw aloe vera gel health drink and aloe vera personal care products. He also maintains his private practice as owner and physician at Agape Chiropractic in Pompano Beach, Florida. He's an expert in phytonutrition and superfoods. He's known by his friends as Organic Mike for his teachings in the area of organic chemistry and nutrition. Here are the self-made strategies of Dr. Michael Haley. I'm really psyched to uh, to get to know you, aloe1.com. We'll talk about that, of course. Um, we'll talk about the benefits of aloe vera. We'll talk about how you developed Stockton Aloe One to begin with, which I think is an awesome concept. And looking forward to also talking about um, cleaning up people's diets, how hidden chemicals might be killing people. Uh, something that I'm actually particularly passionate about. I uh, I do try to eat as healthy as possible. My wife and I try to eat organic when we can. Here for everyone's listening pleasure is Organic Mike. A great pleasure to get to know you and to meet you. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you, Tony. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I hope we have some really good content for your audience. I'm confident we do. Let's talk about Stockton Aloe One. What, what brought that idea about? How did you start the business? You know, it's funny because I just had someone in here a few minutes ago, came for his regular aloe pickup, and uh, we started talking about this just a few minutes ago. It was not in my plans. I was a chiropractor. I'm still a chiropractor. I had a busy practice seeing a lot of people. I had one of my patients on this aloe vera that had a stage four pancreatic cancer, which is real bad. You know, I, I had a discussion with her. I said, you know, your diagnosis is bad. In fact, it's like the worst. You have about a 2% chance of being here in a year wow. based on your diagnosis. It's bad cancer and it's metastasized everywhere. In fact, they couldn't do surgery because she had so much cancer. And I remember having that discussion and saying, you know, 2% if you go medicine, I don't know what your odds are if you do complementary. What's that? Complementary is you do medicine and you complement it with alternative. And I don't know what your chances are if you uh, do just alternative, but we know it's 2% medical. Possibly that 2%, maybe that's the people that did something alongside the medicine. I don't know. Um, so she decided she did not want to do medicine. In fact, she went all natural. And we, we talked about using aloe vera and some other things. I changed everything. I said, no more sugars. We're going to start uh, consuming three glasses of aloe vera every day. You're going to juice fruits and vegetables, grow wheatgrass and sprouts. And, you know, you're going to feel like you're starving. And in a few weeks, you're going to tell me, I can't do this. I feel like I'm wasting away. I feel like I'm dying. And I'll encourage you to go a couple more weeks. And then you're going to start feeling better and have more energy. That's exactly what happened. And a few months down the road, it got to the point where 
she went back for some scans and they said, you know, you only have two little tumor now, tumors now on your liver. Everything else is cleared up. We can take those out. And she decided at that point to switch from alternative to complementary and do the two together. Uh, after that, of course, well, now that we did the surgery, you need chemotherapy. Okay. Don't stop everything that you've been doing that got you here. Remember what got you to this point. And she continued to do those things. We're 11 years later and, and she's still around. Uh, she's not a customer, but uh, anymore, she kind of completed her course and went on to, and I'm sure she continues to eat better than she ever has leading up to her cancer diagnosis. But uh, she overcame one of the worst cancers possible. Well, back then, 11 years ago, when we started, when I started seeing her, I was getting my aloe from this guy, Rodney Stockton. He had a heart attack. He died at 96 years old and the company started falling apart. His former wife asked, asked me for some help. Rodney had been asking me for help for years. I, I'm busy. You're doing a great job here. Just make sure you can keep getting me out. All of a sudden it's in jeopardy because he's gone. That's when we took over and determined to get out of the cancer market because I, I don't know if you, yeah, you know, legalities in business. Talking about natural things and cancer will get you shut down right away. Right. My lawyer brain was already, you know, kind of tickling that we have to say this isn't medical advice. Go talk to your own medical <laughs> professional if you're listening to this episode. Right. Use common sense. But I listen, I I agree with you in the context that I personally have made that choice. I avoid, you know, medicine or popping a pill as much as humanly possible. I'll go and, you know, try to meditate, work out a little more, eat as healthy as possible. And listen, a cheesesteak, I'm from Philly, a cheesesteak every once in a while isn't going to kill you necessarily. It's probably not the best thing for you. Eating healthy sometimes is a little bit tougher, as you pointed out in your story there. But, you know, we kind of make that effort on a regular basis. Maybe there's a little 80, 20, 90, 10, something like that in there. And, you know, you can have your cheat days on occasion and you can do these things to enjoy yourself and to have good quality of life if that's what you particularly like. But if you eat healthy, you're going to get sick generally less. I honestly can't remember the last time I had a cold, to be honest. Um, and a lot of it is because during the winter months and, and during the sort of height of cold and flu season, I personally have my own elderberry recipe and I make my own sort of elderberry tonic, if you will. And it's got some ginger and cloves and cinnamon and some other stuff in there. And it's a, uh, a recipe that I've developed over time, over years. And it keeps us healthy. And I give it to my parents. I give it, my wife takes it as well. And, you know, some of our friends think, think we're kooks. But, uh, <laughs> but I think also to some degree, there's the positive mentality aspect of it as well, right? Kind of that Napoleon Hill, that which you believe you can achieve or that what the mind conceives, you know, kind of comes to reality, comes to fruition. Do you think that that's part of it as well? Tremendously. In fact, you know, let's talk about nutrition for a minute and discuss what nutrition really is, because a lot of people think it's what you eat. Well, that's food. Um, you are what you eat. Yes. The food that you eat does get turned into who you are and it does affect your chemistry in your body. What if we thought of nutrition instead of what you eat? What if we thought of it as the chemistry in your body? You either have good chemistry or bad chemistry. 
what you eat is going to affect that chemistry tremendously. How you exercise is going to change the chemistry in your body. How you think is going to change the chemistry in your body. Sleep changes chemistry in your body. We do these things because they're good for us. They affect our chemistry, making good chemistry, just like laughter makes good chemistry. Negative thoughts makes bad chemistry. Sometimes the cancer is in your brain, in your thoughts, not brain cancer, but how you think that could actually be your cancer. That's a brilliant point. And actually, thank you for putting it so succinctly. I've, I've never heard it referred to in that context, and it makes total sense to me that we have a holistic organism, right? That we frequently forget about. And we, we search as a society, I, I say we as a society, search for that one magic pill that's going to cure my restless leg syndrome or, you know, whatever. I've got some, and I'm not saying that certain people don't need medication to assist, you know, with some serious conditions, right? Of course. But I think our, our, our societal propensity to rush to the pharmacy to pop a pill rather than to say, you know, what's making me get these headaches on a frequent basis? And maybe it is, you know, my mentality, the people I surround myself with, are they a negative or positive influence on my life? Um, you know, the things that I consume on TV, am I watching a lot of negative TV? The, the second debate was last night. This gives people a frame of reference of when we're recording this more or less. But the second debate was last night. Did you watch it? You know, you know what you're in store for at this point, right? If you watch the first one, you know what you're getting out of the second one. So did you bother watching that? And is there really any added value from that in your life? Or were you better off watching the Great British Baking Show this morning or something along those lines to kind of, you know, boost your your positivity? And a lot of those things are things that we we my wife and I live by. And, and it sounds like you live by as well. And those things do tend to help. Now, shifting back to aloe vera, what are the benefits of aloe vera in general and why, why should people consume it and in what ways should they consider consuming it? Yeah, I want to answer that question, but I also want to mention something that um, because we talked about, you mentioned what I would call an outside-in approach when you take something to get a certain benefit mm -hmm. uh, versus an inside-out approach where making good, healthy changes inside so that our body will work more like it's supposed to. When we're talking about the benefits of aloe vera, if I'm going to say people take it for this, don't think, oh, that's why I'm, why I'm going to get it, because that's still an outside in approach. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're using it like a drug to get a certain benefit. Good point. That's not what this is about. It's one of those things that you can consume because you know it's beneficial for you. And yes, it might have these things, but don't look at it as a magic bullet. And this is the one thing that I'm going to change. No, no, no. If you want to get healthy, Start making lots of healthy decisions. So I always like to make sure people understand health is an inside out approach, not an outside in. You don't add something and all of a sudden you get health from adding one thing. But why do people use it? You know, I truly do believe that it is the number one. Um, I don't want to say cure-all, but if you think about it, medicinally used over the years for more ailments than any one plant out there. It's the number one plant used for sunburns and digestive issues and blood sugar problems and to increase healing and anti-cancer and all of these things. 
you shouldn't take it for those. You should make lots of changes to prevent those issues. Right. But the number one reason is probably digestive health. People have inflamed bowels. You know, you put it on your skin and it helps your burn not only calm down, but if you put it on part of your burn, you'll notice that where you put it actually is more healed the next day than the parts that you didn't put it on. It speeds up healing on the skin. Your gut is the skin on the inside of your body. Their epithelial tissue, it's a barrier on the inside of your body, protecting the outside world from the inside environment. Think about this. See, right now, here, my skin here, this is outside my body and it's a barrier. This tube folded through your body from your mouth to your anus is a tube. Food goes in it. Technically, it's still outside your body. It has to pass through that barrier to get inside your body. Your skin eats and drinks drugs. Doctors give patches of drugs. People take drugs. It gets absorbed through your skin. It gets absorbed through your gut. Think of it as the same organ. A barrier keeping the external from the internal. So just like it heals sunburns, it increases the healing inside your gut. People have ulcers, which is like blistered skin on the inside. Inflammatory bowels, acid reflux, Crohn's disease, celiac disease. You know, there are so many names for these irritable bowel syndromes, just like there's, you know, dermatitis, eczema, uh, lichen planus. I mean, there's a gazillion names for inflammatory skin conditions. It's inflamed epithelial tissue, whether it's on the outside or the inside. So that's probably the number one reason people use it is to calm that tissue down and increase the healing. People also take it to lower and stabilize blood sugar levels. There's a neat sugar molecule in aloe vera called mannose. I'm not going to get too technical on this, but I'll just say it's processed differently than sugar. It makes up these long, big, complex, slimy carbohydrates that we call mucopolysaccharides. And it's funny, cancer loves sugar. It's been determined scientifically that mannose is the one sugar that most cancers cannot consume. It binds onto them. They can't release it, so they can't eat the glucose. So essentially it helps starve cancer cells. I think that has to do something with why it lowers blood sugar levels in people that have diabetes, the same, you know, different metabolic than processing glucose for energy. So uh, those are some of the common reasons why people use it. Uh, What do I anticipate to hear from our customers. My skin is cleared up. My heels aren't as cracked. Um, People say I'm glowing. I look younger or whatever the case is. Literally after using it for even just a week, um, doesn't always happen. Some people are already healthy and making healthy choices, but some people that just add aloe, um, their bowels are working better there. And when your bowels are functioning better, your skin looks better because it's one in the same organ. People notice changes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And taking care of your gut is actually critical, critically important for your overall health, but even more importantly for your mental health. It's been discovered relatively recently that there's neurotransmitters in the gut. And when people say, for example, thinking with your gut, you actually are, in fact, thinking with your gut. There's there's neural activity in that uh, area of the body and there's neural tissue there. So taking care of your gut overall is going to produce better moods, is going to produce all sorts of more beneficial 
uh, lifestyle changes, right? You're going to see improvements. And again, going back to your original point, we're talking about being preemptive and preventative rather than now I have a problem like an irritable bowel syndrome of some sort. And now I have an issue that I have to completely shift my lifestyle away from, right? So if you cut down on the carbs, if you cut down on those bad processed sugars, those chemicals that a lot of us put into our body, just eating fast foods or eating uh, microwavable foods. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Do you think that because of our shift societally and not to get into the GMO debate too, too much, because that's not really what this show is about. But do you think that because we introduce these strange chemicals that our organism has not adapted to processing, is that a large part of the reason that we see an uptick in cancers and uptick in these more serious illnesses? Well, you know, we talked earlier about the gut being um, about chemistry being your real nutrition. Mm -hmm. And and you were talking about how the gut affects the brain. Let's dumb it down a little bit and think of it. The most simple example, if we have a couple shots of whiskey, it goes into our body and is absorbed through our gut into our bloodstream, affecting how we think. So that's a, a little more of a significant example. Drugs that we take get absorbed into our bloodstream, affect how we think in some cases. So yes, the gut being that place that is going to affect our chemistry the most based on what we put in it, regardless of whether it's food with um, you know, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, preservatives, not only do all those things, GMOs, Roundup Ready, chemicals designed to kill. You know, Roundup Ready means we can put more stuff on the plant that are designed to kill. Pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, chlorine in the water, preservatives in your food. Preservatives are there to kill mold, yeast, fungus, and bacteria. Mm -hmm. When we consume these things, do they know to stop killing? So what we end up doing is damaging our gut flora, that protective layer, which is there to be the first line of defense and processing in our gut to affect the, the things that are absorbed in the most beneficial way chemically. And we're destroying that. So absolutely, the, the, the chemicals that we put in our body are going to affect our gut health and our overall health, including how we think. So it all ties in. It all makes perfect sense. Again, you have no. a, a, an amazing ability to take something so complex and put it in a very concise and straightforward way. If those things are killing organisms on a regular basis, why should we think that they're going to stop killing once they're in our organism? That's really interesting. Great way of putting that. All right. Now let's shift back to business as a whole, because you do have a lot of expertise. You've you've ran a successful practice for over two decades now, two and a half to about 25 years. Congrats on that. And um, so let's talk about your theories of physics applied to business. Explain that to us. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to have some fun with this one because I remember um, stumbling across this online program. And at first I applied it to my chiropractic business. And it was one of those things, you know, let's say that you go, everyone goes to Amazon. Everyone's familiar with Amazon. It's a scary topic. But anyway, let's just say that we go to Amazon and we're looking for something and, and we realize, oh, I can buy this and here's two different sources. Oh my goodness, I know the name of this place. Um, that's, oh, I've been, I follow that guy on YouTube. 
Um, I, um, I've been reading his blog posts. Uh, I, you know, I, I listen to his podcast. Uh, I, I can get that same item from this person that I've never heard of. And they're both the same price. Who am I going to buy it from? The guy that I think I have a connection to because I've been following his material. He kind of developed a trust. Look at all his Google reviews. Oh my goodness. He's almost a perfect five star. He's got 250 Google reviews. That's amazing. Um, so in a sense, that is the physics that drives business. People want to buy from people that they feel they know, that they, um, that they trust, that, that have proven themselves to be good, genuine, helpful people. They're there for the benefit of the people. It's not about them. They're doing me a service. They're teaching me. They're educating me. They're helping me make wise decisions, and they could probably care less about whether or not I buy their products. That is the physics that seems to drive some businesses. Other people just want to make a sale, and you kind of feel that from them. You don't know if there's going to be good customer service or follow through or what if things don't work out. This is the, the, the physical momentum that will drive successful businesses. And as I started uh, learning that, I first applied it to my chiropractic office. It is who I was, but I wasn't demonstrating it anywhere. I wasn't creating beneficial content. I wasn't really teaching people. I wasn't holding uh, classes, educational courses. And I needed to start doing those things. And I did. Um, I remember I learned from this guy, uh, Ed Dale, uh, an Australian, who put together this online program. And quite frankly, if you really step back and look, you could say, you know, he's just an average guy that's creating a lot of useful content. And he grew this presence doing exactly what he was teaching me to do. And I was applying it and it was working for me. And now he's just this big name in internet marketing. He taught me the concept of 20. Now, the concept of 20, Tony, if you were to, what, what, first of all, what would your market space be? Would you focus on the legal or would you focus on the um, strong business building aspect? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. So my, even my legal practice is largely focused, I'd say, you know, 95 plus percent of it is working with entrepreneurs. And the majority of it is working with them, obviously, to build a strong legal foundation for from which to to practice, to do what they're supposed to do and what they do best. So if they need master service agreements or employment agreements or uh, subcontractor agreements, whatever it is from a transactional perspective that they might need to just keep the wheels turning, right? Aside from that, uh, from helping protect them, it's advising them and counseling them on just good business practices, uh, growth hacking strategies, for lack of a better term, or to borrow something really popular to help them stay focused, but stay safe from liability, right? So if they're thinking about a new strategy or if they're thinking about bringing an employee, I try to be that devil's advocate to help them recognize the risks and then kind of help them to make a decision. So I try to be a strategic partner more than anything else. Okay. So if I was looking at the concept of 20 and said, okay, uh, who are, who would possibly your 20 big influencers be that had the most impact on you? I might think of guys like, uh, maybe Tony Robbins. 
you know, I, I'm probably a bit older than you. When I was growing up, it was guys like uh, Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar. Sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, now uh, Gary Robert Kiyosaki is still around. Like that. Robert Kiyosaki is a good one. Sure. Russell Brunson. Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Certainly. Absolutely. Okay. So um, as we're thinking the concept of the 20, who are the top 20 influencers in your space? And this is what this uh, Australian asked me. And I started thinking uh, people like, uh, well, you know, Joe Mercola, uh, you know, Mike Adams, the health ranger and uh, Jordan Rubin, who's wrote, written many books on um, nutrition, including his first, uh, the maker's diet that really launched him. And he owned the, you know, the, the garden of uh, the garden of life, a big nutrition company worldwide that he started out of his garage. So as I, um, you know, said, who are the top 20 influencers in my space? I kind of mapped them out. And then here was the painful question. He said, how many of them know who you are? Oh, well, none. Why not? I guess because I'm not a market leader. I'm not an influencer. <laughs> Why not? Well, I, don't know. I guess I've never done anything to put myself in that, in that place. Um, but you know so much, you know, we, I, I happen to know, I used to teach organic chemistry and yeah, I've got one of those brains. I know I have a lot of good content and, and I help patients one-on-one, -on -one, but is that all you're doing with it? So the concept of the 20 was, um, it, it, you know, if you're an influencer, you're going to have relationships with these people and they're going to be actually digesting your content. They're going to see you as some kind of leader in the profession, but it's never going to happen if you don't make worthy content for them to digest. And he taught this concept of a 365 project, uh, which essentially is uh, you're going to do something every day for a year, whether it's taking photographs writing blog posts, uh, you know, recording something, to, you know, a devotional or whatever it might be, creating content. And a 365 product doesn't have to be every day. It might be once a week. Um, and it could be in any space. You, it might be building sandcastles. You know, what is the one thing that you want to excel in and do? And it was about doing it consistently. And quite frankly, it might suck the first time you do it. but Every time you repeat, rinse and repeat, it's going to get better and better and better before you know you're delivering quality content that is beneficial to people. And if you have a YouTube channel, you know, you see your subscribers starting to go up exponentially. At first it was, well, none in the first week. And then, you know, I, look, I got a subscriber. And, and before you know it, you're getting subscribers every day. And then it just comes faster and faster and faster and you can't stop it now. Um, so the concept of the 365 project would be committing one year to creating consistently that, that beneficial content. He had this math formula that he applied. It was ML equals C times CN. Hmm. Market leadership equals content times consistency. So as we're creating content that was consistent, we're developing our tribe, our followers, people that would want to digest our content. This being some of the math that drives business, you know, in, in the old days, you had to know somebody to get on TV, the internet, anyone can be famous in their space. 
and maybe even beyond that. It just takes quality content and consistency. Um, you know, as you create content, you know, especially if you know how to search engine optimize it, you don't have to, cause it's still going to show up in the search engines, but search engine optimization equals traffic, you know, content generates traffic, traffic generates sales. It just happens. And it's, you know, the reward, believe it or not, is not the paycheck. The reward is the thank yous. Oh my goodness, Tony, you helped my business so much. That was brilliant. I would have never thought of that, Tony. Thank you for pointing that out to me. Um, that's why we do what we do. Uh, the, the, the paycheck just helps us do that more. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think the interesting thing that you pointed out there, I, I love the concept of the 365 project, by the way. And and now I'm definitely that's something new that I'm going to try. I'm definitely going to add that to my repertoire and try to try to go at it. So you you take something. Let's let's kind of parse this out a little bit for the listeners so that if anybody's listening and wants to try it, they can do it themselves. The goal is to set some smart meaning, you know, uh, uh, something that's uh, strategic, something that's measurable, something that you can you can realistically take on and tackle, right? Smart goals that you can hopefully do once once a day for 365 days, um, ideally, right? And if that's a little bit too much, like you said, you can you can cut that back a little bit and do it once a week to start. Just get the momentum going, start building the content. But I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we've as of this recording, launched 95 episodes. We're we're approaching our hundredth episode. And um, if you went back and listened to my first five, 10, 20, I mean, they were certainly comparatively speaking, not nearly as good, not only from an equipment perspective, from an editing perspective, from a hosting perspective, just kind of getting your reps in, right? But it's like anything else. It's like when you go to the to the gym for the first time or when you start eating healthy to kind of bring it full circle back to our original discussion, if you try to take on everything and have the expectation that it's going to be perfect from day one, spoiler alert, it's not. That's not the way things go. And it just, it takes hard work. It takes incremental steps. And it takes sort of this dualistic look at the horizon. Let's say what our goal is, right? Let's say our objective is to just get 100 new followers in the next month or 100 new followers in the next, whatever, 60 days. And then we take it back and kind of incrementally look at what's our starting point. So what's the first step that we need to take? And just step by step, putting in the hard work, putting in the time to try to build that content and doing so consistently. That's the biggest piece. And I think the strategic part of that, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong or, or give us your opinion, the strategic part of the consistency, I think we hear consistency from a lot of people, but nobody really talks about the practical application of it. The consistency aspect is, Taking that holistic view of what's my life, what's what's my ability time-wise, what's my capacity from an energetic perspective? We don't talk about human energy. We are energetic beings, right? We have electricity running through our, our, our internal ecosystem, right? We give off electronic uh, energy and impulses. We are a, an energetic part of an energetic universe. And so thinking of it from an energetic perspective as well, right? What's my mental health energy right now? What's my physical state right now? What's my food energy right now, right? Am, am I taking in proper nutrition to have 
proper energy levels throughout the day. And then from that perspective saying, okay, here's my goal. I want to develop a podcast. I want to develop a blog. I want to develop whatever it is, right? And or just a five minute YouTube once a week check in where I give my expertise to people, right? Like, like you said. And, and then taking a look at that and saying from an energetic perspective, is this realistic? And then plan, 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 plan as much as you can, because you can't plan for every contingency, but there will be many problems. And the more you prepare, the better off you'll be, right? Because you'll have something to fall back on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, part of it, you know, is, well, finding something that you're not afraid to do. Right. Um, if you are afraid, you can overcome those fears. Uh, but, you know, if you're afraid to do video, um, well, maybe it's starting out creating a blog post. Um, and guess what? As you research and create that blog post, you start becoming the expert on that topic. It be, gets eventually easier to talk about. Yep. And, you know, maybe you do it on a podcast. Maybe you're brave enough now to do it on video because now you have that real solid knowledge about the topic. Um, so overcome your fears. Um, the other thing that I, 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 at the beginning, I was too afraid of perfection. My, my first videos were horrible yeah. on YouTube. Uh, I couldn't put them up. And then I made more that I just couldn't put up. And then I realized I got to put them up, you know, and Getting them up there was part of the process of overcoming my fears, and they did get better over time. Now, here's where I think the real gold is. And this came from, I remember I was listening to a, a preacher, Charles Stanley, probably 10 years ago. And it was a sermon, I forget if it was one sermon or two sermons, but it was on receiving compliments. And here's the real important one critiques. You know, a lot of people will pat you on the back and say, oh, wow, I, you know, I, I saw this or I saw that, or you're doing such a great, you're such a good dad. You, you know, you're so, and they compliment you. I don't know if that's authentic or not, but if they critique you, it's probably, there's probably some truth to it. Now, some people are just jerks and they're going to say nasty things, but when somebody points out something that is bad, it's at it's probably the most valuable information you can possibly get. And you have a choice. You can get angry and fight it and, and, you know, end that relationship or that friendship or, or you can listen intently and say, Oh, and thank them. Thank you. You know, because only a friend would tell me that would only would share that with me. And then you have a decision of what to do with that. Um, I can evaluate it and decide whether or not there's truth to it. And if there is, I can say, okay, I got a problem here. How can I make it better? How can I change this about me so that I no longer, you know, whatever, have bad breath. Oh, brush my teeth. Easy solution. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, dress better, whatever it is. You know, if I'm getting a critique, it's my opportunity to learn from it. I have taken that in business and it would be, it, it changed everything from how we pack items in boxes to um, the flow of my website when people are making purchases. I'm so frustrated every time I get to this point, I don't know what to do. Okay, let me step back and look at that website and see how I can change the flow and make it work better. Because if you're having that issue, maybe other people are. That is gold. So as you're creating content, not all the comments are gonna be nice. 
the nasty ones are probably your most beneficial comments. You know, embrace it, receive it. It's there to help you. Great advice, Dr. Mike. Thank you so much. And um, so what can we expect from aloe1.com? Is that the best place for people to go check out your aloe vera products? And uh, if they want to reach out and get some advice from you, what's the best way to reach out? You know, we have a contact form on our website and aloe1.com now actually forwards to haleynutrition.com. It's all good. They're both the same. But on the contact form, uh, if you have a question for me specifically, I get back to everybody eventually. Um, so feel free to contact me there. And uh, if it's just a general question, we have the frequently asked questions. Um, a lot of the answers are on our YouTube channel, uh, which is allo.guru, uh, not.com instead of .com, G-U-R-U. That'll take you right to our YouTube channel where you can learn about organic aloe farming and how to fillet aloe vera leaves so you can make your own drinks and all kinds of neat things. Cool. Awesome. Dr. Haley, thank you so much for your time. This has been an awesome episode. Really appreciate all the advice. Thank you, Tony.